Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. Hello. Hi. I'm Nat. Let me say my phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi. Is that how you do it? Yeah, you got a problem. No, just making an observation. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm Nat. She's a uh, grumpy. Um, you always want something negative to say. No, but you just. I'm not <laughs> grumpy. Okay. I'm just cold. Why are you cold? Because we can't say why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here in a blanket. Oh. And I'm drinking tea. What kind of tea? Herbal. It's herbal. It's, it's a little bit dead though. The tea that bangs. <laughs> wow. There's one Twining's tea, yeah? Yeah. And see, here's the thing with like, fruity herbal teas or whatever let's discuss like, they smell banging yes and then when you drink them you're like raw bread and where's the taste exactly like the taste don't match the smell do you know what Go i've on. done one time i actually threw a little bit of ribena in there because i don't know where the <laughs> black currant was i don't know where it was i was like whose version of rose hip dirty dishwater like yeah it just no herbal teas sometimes can sell dreams but there's one <laughs> so yeah there's one and it's twinings and i think it's it's um cranberry mm. and is it cranberry and raspberry or cranberry and ch- cranberry and sutton one of right. them berries yeah and it actually tastes how it smells. The taste is really strong. Really? It's nice. Yeah, it's really okay. nice. Um, but I just got this cheap something from Lidl's and it's just it's just not Get what you pay for, babe. It's just not doing it for me. But oh, you know, I need I need a hot drink. Mm. Um I'm not gonna have a tea, I'm not gonna have a coffee. So this is the next best thing. Why no tea, no coffee? Mm. I don't know. I'm just being good. Oh. Yeah. By drinking your your hot water. <laughs> your hot water infused with... I know, my pink hot water. It's just yeah, pink. Basically. Mm. It's just pink. Water infused with pink... Yeah. Tea bag. Bag. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. So, hello everyone. Hope you are all well and doing fine. And excuse my gulping, because I'm not going to stop drinking just because we're recording. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But it's about being authentic. Being authentic. Exactly. So, can I just drink my tea? You can. You know I drink tea when I teach. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. It just makes me feel nice. Wow. Doesn't it make you hotter? Um, No. But actually, it's... um. I feel like it helps my voice better than just drinking like water from a bottle. Like oh, cold okay. Water. Yes. I think it's a little bit more soothing. It's not so harsh. Yeah. Because cold water can really kind of like shock, shock you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I noticed that like after class when I like just drink a smoothie straight away, mm. it starts to feel a bit like, you know, when you're getting a cold and your throat, it's not sore, mm. but like when you swallow, it just feels a bit, it just yeah. feels wrong. It feels a bit off. Yes. Um. So because of that, I would drink tea after class. And then I was just like, well, why enjoy tea? So I'm, it's just going to come to class with me. Like, hello, we can talk about tea. It's why fine. Not? Um, but yeah, anyway, we're not here to talk about tea. We're yeah. here to talk about something else, but we'll get onto that a bit later. What comes first? Inspo of the week. Woohoo. Oh, that one's me. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we're getting better at just like, just get just get into the inspire of the week. Yes. Like we're just on it now. Just getting to the point. Just just getting to the point in it. Yeah. After taking a small detour, depending on <laughs> what kind of mood you're in. <laughs> I'm like, oh. It is kind of dependent on what mood I'm in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because I'm like, why is it my oh. mood leading the thing? Because sometimes I'm looking at your face <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh. Ah, oh, but you are very anyway. beautiful. I mean, I'm looking kind of crusty. Your version right of crusty seems okay to me. Oh, God. 
Okay. Um, it's of the week, moving on swiftly. No one's seen me. No, this is why we do a podcast and no one has to look at us. Yes. They can just... I think, do you know what? Maybe that's why we didn't opt for YouTube because YouTube, YouTube, yeah, you have to be all like, oh, your background's got to be clear and then you got to put on makeup and then you got to make your hair look nice. Who's got time for that? Like, I've got shout time out them for YouTubers, it. yeah, that mm-hmm. like have all their, their subbies and that and get paid through ads and stuff and make like those videos because it's not easy. It isn't easy. I mean, just podcasting as well, the stuff we have to do and the research and everything, it's quite a lot. But um, I'm not ready for <laughs> YouTube no, just having, yet. Having said that, mm. even though you've said that, we have discussed potential YouTube thing. Yes. Um, For the future. Um, If anyone would be interested in watching, let us know. Yes. I think that would be nice to kind of know if people would actually watch. Yeah, but let us know what you think. At the same time... I may change my mind. It's like, if we thought about that in regards to the podcast, then we probably wouldn't have done it because we'd be like, oh my God, is anyone going to listen? Oh, no one's going to listen. I wouldn't have done it. (laughs) Yeah, I would have been like, no. So maybe we should just do it anyway. (laughs) Bun the haters. We're putting it out. Okay. (laughs) Look at us. We're supposed to do Inspo of the Week. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so yeah. Inspo of the Week. Maybe I should do it again because then we'll just... I do it this time. Gun in. If you've seen the Instagram post, you'll know what I'm dying on about. <laughs> what country was that from? Was that like Iran pop idol or something? Or... Yeah, it was like some some Middle East idol or something yeah. like that. So basically, Arab, Arab idol. Arab, Arab idol. idol. Yeah. So basically, you want to start singing, and then you look at one of the judges, or say like you look at a friend and you crack up, and then it's all over. You can't do it. Um, it's been posted on Instagram. It's just the funniest thing. So. Yeah, inspo of the week. Don't look over here. Okay. Okay, do you know what? You just do it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Inspo of the week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. It's your turn. Let's go to it. Oh, it's me this week. So my inspiration of the week is Sabine Schmidt. Sabine was a professional motor racing driver for BMW and Porsche. Sabine and her two sisters were racers, but only Sabine continued with the sport. And she collected numerous victories, including the 24-hour Nürburgring in 1996 and 1997. This is a 24-annual touring car and GT endurance race event. Sabine came to mass public attention driving one of the two BMW M5 ring taxis around the 20.8 kilometre long racetrack. According to her own estimates, Schmidt went around the track approximately 13 miles more than 20,000 times. Her familiarity with the circuit earned her the name Queen of the Nuremberg Ring and the fastest taxi driver in the world. She co-hosted many TV shows, but came to the attention of the UK audience when she appeared on the TV programme Top Gear. And in February 2016, she was announced as a presenter on the new revamped programme. In July 2020, Sabine announced on Facebook that she'd been suffering from an extremely persistent cancer since late 2017. She explained that she sought treatment and her condition was improving, but she relapsed and would be undergoing treatment again. And at the time of her revelation, she was still making reoccurring appearances on Top Gear. And sadly, Sabine died from cancer on the 16th of March, 2021, aged 51 years old. So my inspiration of the week is Sabine Schmidt, R.I.P. Yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm sure there are many other women in the sport, but she was stand out for me because at the time when I saw her, I literally thought she was the only one because I'd never, ever seen any other women 
doing you know motor racing or motorsport Mm. so then I kind of you know followed her career a bit and she won quite a lot of things and she was a standout for me and you know sadly she's lost her battle against cancer um so yeah my inspo of the week is Sabine oh yeah um I gotta be honest as well I don't really know many women rally drivers no um but then also I can't say that I've kind of delved really deep into the world of rally driver racing however yes when it's on tv and stuff it's always men isn't it yeah well exactly exactly cool so today today yes an exciting one for you and I feel like your excitement levels are on par with the period episode yes if you haven't listened to it go listen to it very informative yeah so today we are delving deep into the menopause dun 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 and we are going to be chatting with a doctor yes so here it is our little chat with dr olivia ham about all things menopause Enjoy. Enjoy. Pre-menopause and the menopause, what do they mean and how will this stage of life affect me? These are some of the questions that will be put into our guest, Dr. Olivia Hum. She is a GP with over 15 years experience specialising in women's health issues from contraception, sexual health to the menopause, which is what we are going to focus on today. So Dr. Hum, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Can you tell us how and why you focus on women's health? So I've been a GP, as you said, for 15 years, and I do a lot of women's health as a GP. And I think women often do suffer really badly with their health, and often their health problems are belittled and ignored and not properly treated. Um, and the more that I do, the more I realise the women get a bad deal, but especially around menopause. And so over the last sort of five years in the UK, what we can do for menopause has really changed. There a lot, there's a lot more different stuff available. Women are becoming a lot more interested in it. Women are talking about it more. They're coming to their doctors wanting new treatments and they're not prepared just to put up anymore. We're just feeling rubbish. They want to, women in their forties, they want to be healthy, want to be active. They want to be exercising. They want to be having sex. They want to be doing all these things. They're not prepared just to give up just because they happen to be in their forties. And so we've had to change. And so I did uh, some advanced menopause training working up in London at a menopause clinic there. And I've just set up a little menopause clinic called Women's Health Sussex, which I'm seeing women from all over the country now, just by Zoom or face to face. So, and that's really, you know, the new technology has meant that we can help women from everywhere. So that's been really, really good as well. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So Nat, have you got some questions for Dr. Hart? Yes. I have. Um, Actually, when we put out the Instagram poll, we got a lot of feedback, um, which was and wasn't surprising because the majority of our listeners are in their 20s and 30s. But as we want to talk about health in all its facets, we wanted to cover this area so we could kind of help lift the lid on the menopause and get women of all ages talking about it and they can know, know what to expect when it comes in so one of the questions was what are the signs and symptoms of being perimenopausal and when would be a good time to see your doctor for testing or confirmation and that's a really interesting question because it's something that I'm asked a lot and it's a lot of it's really difficult to know what is the perimenopause and what is the menopause So the first thing is to define what the menopause is so all menopause means is your last period so that's for your menopause. So you don't really know when your menopause has happened. Mm. So because you don't know what that was your last period and you don't know it's your last period until you've gone for a year without having a period. A year. The perimenopause. Yeah. So that's what that's what the menopause right. means. So people often come to me and go, am I menopause? Am I going through the menopause? What does this mean? So 
the perimenopause is the time leading up to your last period. Okay. And in the perimenopause, your body starts to change. And so only you can really define when the perimenopause is because it's when you feel your body changing. And for some women that happens really early on. So in your early forties, a lot of women will come to me saying, I just feel different. So the second half of the month, my I'm used to get a bit of PMT, like all two days of feeling a bit weepy, but now it's much worse. It's getting longer and longer. I'm feeling really anxious during that time. I want to stab everyone. I'm just really irritable. <laughs> oh, wow. All this kind of thing. But yeah. the worst thing is that starts off as two or three days and then by, you know, then suddenly it's 10 days and then suddenly you're getting to the point where you're only actually feeling fine for a week a month. And some women are like that and they carry on like that for years until they reach the menopause. Some women literally have have no perimenopause at all they come to me after two years they go my period stopped two years ago have I been through the menopause and I'm like yes you have like you <laughs> have absolutely no symptoms at all clearly the women I see are not those women I see the women who are having symptoms so the other question that you asked which is a really good question is are there any tests for the perimenopause and the answer is no there's no test so people often come to the GP saying I want a test to know where I am am I perimenopausal or not so over 45 everyone is perimenopausal by definition your body is beginning to change you're heading towards your last period so that is so there's no test and there's no point in doing any tests because all the tests will tell us is that you are over 45 and you're heading towards your last period which we know anyway under 45 if you're having symptoms it's sometimes a good idea to have tests and that's because things like a low thyroid and underactive thyroid can it'd be very similar to the perimenopause you can make you feel tired and sluggish and put on weight so all those kind of things but the common mistake that GPs make is they say, I've done your hormone tests, you're 43, they are normal so that you're not perimenopausal. But that's not true. Even if your test isn't a normal, you can still be perimenopausal if you feel that your body is beginning to change. And that's where the confusion is basically. Right, okay. That's really interesting. So you said from the age of 45, but so age of 45, everyone is perimenopausal because they're approaching the menopause. But some women feel don't feel that their body is changing underneath. It is changing, but they're just not getting any symptoms. But other women really from the beginning of your 40s, when your hormone levels begin to change, can really feel it. And there's no, you can't predict who those people are. And commonly women will think, oh my God, I'm getting symptoms. It's because I'm not coping. You know, women, we like coping, don't we? We're all about yes. getting on with everything, working, yeah. looking after the kids, looking after the house, doing everything. But actually um, some women have normal hormone levels, almost normal and feel terrible. Others have really abnormal hormone levels and feel completely fine. And that's why tests don't really work. What I go by is symptoms, is, is what the patient is, what the woman is saying to me. And if they say they're feeling ill, then they're feeling ill. You know, we're not, you know, we don't say, oh, well, you can't be feeling ill because your tests are all normal. And that's what women are often told. The women I see have often been told that they're making it up, that they're just not coping, that they're being hysterical, you know, that kind of thing. Gosh, it, it makes me think, back sort of on a side note to like maybe our grandmas our great grandmas I mean they must have thought what's wrong with this woman like is she crazy like what? I mean obviously we're talking about things now when we're living in a generation that's much more open but I, it just kind of came up to me just now thinking oh my gosh like grandma or great grandma how do you are cope? absolutely like, right how, how were they dealt with yeah. Yeah, you're completely right. So what they were done is they were put on Valium or they were told that they were mad or in, you know, in really bad ways, people were really suffering. You ended up, you know, in a psychiatric hospital because wow. your anxiety was wow. really bad. You know, so women, women have been really, if you look back at how women have been treated during this time, it's really, really bad. So, you know, what... Well, you know, if you're because some yeah. some of the women that I see get this sort of overwhelming anxiety, really physical anxiety. So what women are saying to me is they're saying, I've never been anxious before. I've mm. never been anxious. Suddenly at 49, bang, one day I just started getting and really proper anxiety, overwhelming physical anxiety, palpitations, you know, all this kind of thing. Often just in half the month. So the half the month leading up to their period, they'll feel terrible. And in the old days, you know, there weren't any treatments for this kind of thing. So you're either given tranquilizers or you were just sort of, you know, locked up somewhere. So that's the that's the series, you know, but for a lot of women and, and a lot of um 
a lot of women will say, my God, now I'm feeling this. I look back on my mum at that age and I realised that actually my mum was really suffering and she just seemed to be really tired and hot all the time and it was so boring and we were yeah. like, oh God, mum. Like, yeah. <laughs> but actually, in those days, you didn't, for our mother's generation, they didn't talk about it. But then they weren't doing as much as we are in our 40s. You know, they weren't often working. Often their children had grown up. They weren't dealing with teenagers, which is the classic thing is that you hit menopause as your teenage daughter hits teenage and suddenly you've got this enormous, yeah, so I've got a 13 year old daughter. It's just, you know, you've got a, one of your boys is going down and the other one's going up and they just don't go well together, basically. So it was a different era. But the great thing is now, is that women are beginning to get better healthcare, but it is still really lacking. And the stories that I hear from women in my clinic just make me want to cry. It's so sad what women have gone through. Well, hopefully, you know, we can, we're helping to start a conversation and hopefully some of our listeners can, you know, kind of get involved and start looking at this as well. Can you still become pregnant if you are perimenopausal? So that is also a really good question. And the answer is yes, you can. Yes. So why sometimes people have like surprise babies quite like surprise those surprise babies when you're 48 and you think you're menopausal and suddenly discover that you're pregnant. Like, yes. Oh having a baby. Like, oh, I wasn't planning on this to happen. It's actually devastating. And if you look at the ages of terminations that people go for terminations, there are two big bulges. And one is obviously the teenagers under 25s, um, when you're not ready to have children yet. And the other ages in people in people in their 40s. And that's the people who've sort of assumed that they couldn't get pregnant. And so have stopped using contraception or been a little bit slack on it. Actually, you need contraception until a year after your last period if you're over 50. So women need contraception up till 55. Um, a lot of women don't take it up till 55. They just sort of wing it and or they've had a year without a period. But because so many of us are on things like a Myrina coil or on the progesterone only pill, often you don't know when your last period is. So if you don't know when your last period is, you need to be safe to keep on with contraception up to 55, which right. is a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. See. <laughs> I've learned so much. Yeah. This is amazing. I'm sitting here thinking, going, <laughs> you need to behave yourself. Surprise, baby. Mom, I've got something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping there are not a lot of women. You know, going, oh, whoops. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, I saw a friend of mine who's a doctor the other I know exactly. I saw a friend of mine who's a doctor the other day who's not used in her like late 40s. And I was like, get some contraception. And she was like, oh, I can't get pregnant. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. So at what age will the menopause start and how long will it last for? Is my mum's timeline with the menopause an indicator of when mine will start or end? And that is a really interesting question as well. So again, so like we're saying the whole idea, so what people call the menopause actually is what we would call the perimenopause. So when it starts, we don't know. And when it ends, we also don't know. So some women will carry on after the menopause having symptoms for years. So some of them will have it for 10 years or so. And some women even carry on having symptoms into their 70s and 80s. So I've got a few women in their 70s and 80s who are still on HRT. They look fantastic. Yeah. They look about 45 and they feel amazing. Um, but they every time they stop, they're still getting hot flashes oh. and still getting really terrible symptoms. Well, for um, the average woman, it's usually sort of about five years of getting of varying symptoms. Some have very mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. And some people find in life a massive struggle. It really impacts on their work and their relationships and everything sort of aspect of their life. So it's a really variation. In terms of when it happens, you're right. You, it is sort of, there is a genetic aspect to it. So if someone's had an early menopause you're more, and your mom had an early menopause, you're more likely to have one too. And you often do have the menopause, i.e. the last period at about the same time as your mum. But whether you get the same symptoms or not as her, you don't, that's not inherited. It depends mm -hmm. on how your body responds right. to your lack of hormone, basically. And that's sort of, that's very different. Can I just jump in? Because you mentioned um, HRT. Could you explain what yes. that is and what it does? 
Okay, so HRT, so the hormone that goes there, it, I just need to, to explain a little bit about the female hormones because it's difficult to explain HRT without them. So there are two main female hormones. One of them is called estrogen and estrogen, you might have covered this in your um, podcast about periods. So estrogen is the hormone that is made by the egg, which is released every month. And so estrogen is around for the first half of the month and that's the estrogen is the made by the ovaries and it is um, also the hormone that makes us go through puberty so it makes us develop breasts and pubic hair and that kind of thing so when teenagers got all these hormones going around it's estrogen that's being produced so estrogens in the first half of the month that's the good hormone that makes you feel really great and then the second half of the month then the egg is released in the second half of the month progesterone is produced and that's to make the body ready for pregnancy and at the end of the cycle when the body realizes that you're not pregnant then the progesterone level drops and the womb lining comes out and that's your period so the progesterone is what gives us our premenstrual symptoms so the progesterone is what makes you feel weepy and moody and breast tenderness and that kind of thing and what happens during the perimenopause is that your estrogen levels are just going up and down all over the place and your progesterone, you become very sensitive to the side effects of progesterone. So often people, like I was saying before, your premenstrual symptoms become a lot worse than they did before. But your estrogen level goes down and down and estrogen affects every part of your body. So you've got estrogen receptors in your hair and your skin and in your muscles and in your joints, in your pelvic floor, in your bladder. So all over the place. Wow. And so what happens when your estrogen level goes down is you can develop a whole variety of symptoms. And for often people, when those symptoms get really overwhelming, then they choose to take HRT and HRT is a replacement. It's just a replacement of the estrogen that you've lost basically. So that's one half of it. Then the other half of it is you need to take progesterone as well to protect your womb lining from the estrogen to carry on shedding the womb lining every month. But estrogen is the stuff that people want because that's the stuff that makes you feel good. Right. So we had um, basically a question from one of our listeners and they um, said that they can't take HRT. So mm -hmm. do you have any like advice for them, like how to manage like their mood dips and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole, a huge number amount of information out there now about managing menopause. So I, so there's this whole idea of natural menopause. So managing menopause, I know some of your questions have been about that by using supplements and diet and exercise. And there's so much stuff that you can do. And I work really closely with nutritionists and with people who do sort of exercise for menopausal women. So it's all about, it's a whole body thing. And it's, a, it's about your mind and your body and making sure that they're all healthy during this time when you're body's changing so the first thing I'd say to the person who asked that they can't take HRT is to really check that they actually genuinely can't take HRT so one of the real bugbears of menopause specialists like me is that often women are told they can't take HRT and they actually can so some offhand comment by a random gynecologist or a doctor who doesn't know anything about hormones has said oh oh well you can't ever have HRT because your mum had breast cancer or you can't ever have HRT because of whatever and so these poor women suffer the whole way through menopause thinking that they're not allowed HRT and actually they could have it if they saw a proper menopause specialist so the first thing to say is to check have a look there's some amazing resources online um, menopausedoctor.co.uk is by another GP who does menopause Louise Newson who's amazing and she's got everything that you would ever need to know about menopause is all on there so the first thing to check is whether you genuinely can't have HRT if you want it and the second thing is that there are a lot of other things that you can do so I've got this amazing book called um, Natural Menopause um, which is by a gynecologist called Anne McGregor and it covers everything it's got diet nutrition supplements exercise and a little bit on HRT too so as far as I see it's like integrated care so getting all these things together so in terms of lifestyle stuff so smoking and alcohol we know make the symptoms a lot worse um, being overweight makes the symptoms worse and also increases your risk of cancers like breast cancer. Um, but we also know that diet. So I work with a nutritionist called Karen Newby, who's on Instagram at Karen Newby Nutrition. She's got loads of tips on her page. And so she talks a lot about things like 
um, eating, it's all about eating complex carbohydrates rather than, um, you know, the refined carbohydrates. So eating slow release carbs, like whole grains and seeds and fruits and vegetables rather than eating, you know, biscuits and crisps mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Just to keep your sugar level low, rather sugar level stable, rather than having sugar ups and downs. Um, and then lots of sort of whole grains and pulses and that kind of thing and healthy fats. So oily fish and avocados. And so, and that's, and so in terms of managing mood and managing energy levels, that's the real way of diet and, and healthy exercise as well. Okay. So are there any ways that you can alleviate the symptoms or, you know, make yourself a bit better? Say if you, so you doing your diet and your exercise, are there any kind of like homeopathic remedies if you decide for whatever reason that you don't want to or can't take HRT? I mean, would you suggest or recommend, you know, any herbal remedies or anything like that? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah. No, absolutely. And again, the way that I see it, it's all about everything, because there are so many symptoms of menopause. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, when a lot of women come to me, they often don't realize that their symptoms are perimenopausal. So I have a list of about 30 different symptoms that I go through. And usually people are like, oh yeah, is that is that perimenopausal? Yeah, my hair is falling out. Yeah, my skin is really dry. Yes, I am finding that I don't want sex anymore. Is this all? And you're like, yeah, that's perimenopausal oh, too. Sorry, you said so, about your hair falling out. Yes, that is, yes. I'm not worried that's about a- the other stuff. <laughs> You know, the not all that can, you know. <laughs> Your hair. Oh, <laughs> yes. So everyone, <laughs> everyone's really, really different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the symptoms we all think about are hot flushes, aren't they? Everyone's like, oh, menopause, it's all about hot flushes. Isn't it a bit funny? You just stand there and you're like, oh, it's really hot. About 80% of women do have hot flushes, but actually it's often not what is the most disturbing symptom. So the really disturbing ones are not being able to sleep is a really big deal so especially when you're I mean you know what it's like when you've got young children you can't sleep it's awful and then they start sleeping and you're like oh this is brilliant I can sleep again and then what happens is that suddenly you stop being able to sleep so the classic thing people will go to bed they'll drop off because they're really tired their energy levels are really low and then they'll wake up at two in the morning and then they'll never quite manage to get back to sleep again and so they're knackered and then with that comes this feeling called brain fog so this feeling that you can't quite make connections so a lot of the women I'm talking to they're in their late 40s they're running a business they're exercising they're doing everything right they just can't manage to make they're sitting in meetings so someone said to me I'm sitting in meetings and I'm just I'm just faking it I don't know what I'm doing anymore it's really worrying people give up work because of it because they can't function like that you lose your people some people lose their memory a bit they can't find the right words they want to say um, so there's those kind of symptoms and then there's the symptoms that happen so often people will get dryness of their vagina and vulva through the lack of estrogen um, their libido just disappears so they say I look at my partner I quite fancy him I know that you know technically he's a nice guy I'd kind of feel that I should be wanting to have sex with him but I just don't feel it at all so there's just loads of different stuff that happens and there are lots of ways of managing all the individual symptoms with using herbs and and diet as well and this is where this natural menopause book is really really good because it goes through every single symptom Um, The ones that I see that women come to me, most women have taken supplements for about two or three years before they come and see me. Um, And the really common ones are things like sage, which is supposed to help with your hot flushes. Um, Magnesium, yeah, so magnesium can help with sleep and help with energy levels, and that's really useful as well. Um, It's really important that people keep their calcium and vitamin D levels up because part of what happens after the menopause is that your bones start getting more fragile. So it's really important Um, to keep those levels up. So often people are taking calcium and vitamin D supplements as well. Um, And the other big one that people use are natural plant estrogens that they use for hot flushes. And those are things like soy and linseed and you can get supplements that have got those in. Wow, that's that's amazing. So um, is like middle-aged spread and weight gain linked to the menopause as well? Or is that just kind of like a natural thing? that happens do you think Um, it is linked unfortunately and people often do find that they put on weight and that the way they put on weight really changes 
Um, and so what happens is that um, they will often find that they put on weight around the middle. Um, so you start putting on weight in your boobs and thighs and you start, start putting on, on your tummy. And that is really hard weight to lose. And you'll often find that you need to exercise in a different way. And I know that a lot of what you talk about is fitness and exercise. Um, so will be exercising in a different way um, and so a lot of people change to doing as well as doing cardiovascular exercise that you'll often find might put a bit of a strain on your joints and so give you joint pain and joint strain people changing more to resistance exercise and strength exercises and also changing to things that really help with the calm you and help your mind and so things like yoga can be really really helpful during this period to sort of change it you have your body is changing so you have to change the way in which you exercise basically it just has to be different to achieve the same results but that fat around the middle is really hard to shift (laughs) 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 wow that's interesting though it's it's yeah because you kind of think of like you know aunties who have always kind of been slim that you've seen growing up and then suddenly sort of get into their 40s and you know they tend to kind of put on weight and you notice that a lot of the times it's around the middle area so is that all to do with the hormones and everything yeah that absolutely you, you, you start putting on weight if you look at adolescent girls they'll put on weight around their thighs and on their boobs and mm. you know what it was like when you were that age and that was where you but what happened is you start changing to more of a sort of male pattern if you look at blokes in their 50s that's where they put the weight on is around their tummies yeah <laughs> yeah and so we start changing to that and the key thing i think about it firstly is just just try and not let it go on in the first place so about could have but you know and a lot of the women i see are exercising absolutely hugely they're really people you find that you have to exercise a lot more in order to achieve the same effect unfortunately and the classic thing that people say in their 50s is that I'm doing just the same as I was I'm eating the same as I was but I just cannot shift that weight Um, and there are some amazing women around on Instagram so there's someone called Livia Francis who's at, at Live Fit Freedom and she does these big sort of programs for menopausal um, women and just in changing the way that they exercise and sort of reshaping your body and so she's really interesting she talks about that a lot about sort of how to change your show and there's another woman as well who's called um kate rh on slash fitness so she's kate roham she's local to me actually and she does loads of sort of instagram stuff for menopausal women and workouts and that kind of thing and so a lot of these is it's looking for these women who are going through menopause or have gone through menopause who've who are working as fitness instructors and who have realized or personal trainers or and they've sort of realized as their bodies change that actually they have to start exercising in a different way and I think that's quite a shock for people because often the people are like but I used to run like this and now my ankles hurt or my joints hurt you're like well actually you can't some people can carry on doing this big cardiovascular stuff, especially if you're on HRT, because that really helps your joints and your muscles. But actually, a lot of it's about accepting that your body is changing. You're growing, you know, a little bit older and you can still exercise. But it just the high impact cardiovascular stuff sometimes has to be interspersed with stuff that's a little bit kinder for your yeah. body. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because something kind of, you know, went in my head I mean I do a lot of running and I'm quite slow but it's something that I enjoy but one thing I've noticed um in the running field I mean obviously you've got people that do marathons and their kind of claim to fame is their quick times which is great I mean like a sort of two and a half hour three hour marathon is just like amazing but one thing I've noticed is that um in ultra running, the women's field has just grown massively. Um, and I don't know if it's anything to do with it, but the the women that seem to kind of really take off in that area, are where I would say sort of like mature women, because um, they're not like smashing these really hard times, but their endurance seems to be really, really good because I mean, these are women that are doing events for like, I don't know, 15, 20, 20, sometimes 24 hours, couple of day events. And yeah, women, I would say now maybe menopausal age women are really kind of like dominating the field. Mm. So that just kind of made me think because I guess 
people just kind of operate at the same rate, but you have to kind of acknowledge that your body is changing and that you have to kind of adjust yourself to that, which um, I'm getting to that time. So I think I have to kind of <laughs> adjust my thinking, but yeah. I've just learned so much today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've definitely, I mean, actually, this is a good question because you did mention like kind of average age of like pre-menopause, menopause being like around 45-ish. Mm-hmm. Are there any cases where that happens younger? Yeah. yeah, no, that is a really good question because that's often not recognised. And actually, it's it's not uncommon that women start going, actually have their menopause younger. Um, and that's called an early menopause. So before 45, so this is menopause, your last period. Before 45, it's called an early menopause. And then it, you can under 40, so you can have a premature menopause. So some women go through this really young, so in their 20s and 30s. And for them, it's really important that they have HRT because although HRT, a lot of it is about taking it for symptoms to making it feel better, there's also real advantages to the estrogen. So once you go past the menopause and your estrogen level goes down, your bones get thinner um, and you are more at risk of something called osteoporosis. And osteoporosis doesn't affect you when you're younger, but it does when you're older. And so women with osteoporosis, if you fall over, you might break a wrist or break a hip, or you might get um, bone fractures that happen in your spine without you knowing it. And so you get pain from that. So you know how when you look at older people, they sometimes get smaller and smaller and smaller. That's because mm, your bones yeah. in the back are beginning to collapse because your bones are thin. So one thing that HRT does, the estrogen, is protects you against the against osteoporosis and the other thing it does is it protects your heart so we know before 50 women have a much lower risk of heart attacks than men because we're protected by our estrogen hormone and after 50 what happens is that your estrogen level starts going down and very quickly we catch up with the same as the men in terms of our rate of heart attack and stroke so the other thing that the estrogen and hrt does is it protects you against that so women who have an early menopause so before 45 if your periods stop we advise that everyone takes estrogen until 50 and that's not even if you don't have any symptoms at all if you're one of those lucky women but actually to strengthen your bones and to protect your heart you really do do need to be taking some kind of estrogen either hrt or some women can take the oral contraceptive pill up till um, some people prefer the contraceptive pill because it stops their periods and they can take that some women can take it up to 50 if you've got a normal weight and you don't smoke so those are the options in your 40s essentially cool i i, I only asked that because i'm in my early 30s so i was like oh this i mean this again like with the period episode this was like that was a really quite special one for Nat um because she suffered terribly with her periods and this episode she was like super like enthused by it like oh my god because she's like around that age so I was kind of like oh I'm like the third wheel here because I don't really know but actually (laughs) it's been like really really good to know and also good to know that it can happen before that age as well because Mm. when you think of like pre-menopause menopause you think yeah 45 50 oh that's not me but it can kind of come at any time it's it's different for different people it really can and what I think so lovely for women in their 30s is that by the time you get to the perimenopause when you're say 45 or 50 is that by then hopefully there'll be so much more knowledge because at the moment what's happened is because things have changed so quickly that women who are in their late 40s now are often getting quite a lot of resistance from GPs. And it's not GPs' fault. It's because we generally, like I had one hour of a lecture about menopause when I was at medical school, which was 20 years ago. And they said something like, oh, women just get a bit anxious and depressed because their children have left home and they like, you know, they no longer have a role. You know, that was essentially uh, a gynecologist. And that was the, that was it. That was the only education I got on menopause. And so GPs wow. are trying to manage, you know, we're general practitioners, we're trying to manage all sorts of different things. And often their knowledge about menopause is really mm. lacking. But what's happening at the moment, so I do a lot of GP education. So like next year, next week, I'm doing a big um, webinar for about 200 GPs. And we're just trying to teach as many GPs as possible about the perimenopause and about how to treat, how to use the new kind of HRT, which is very natural and very similar to your body hormones. Um, and so we're doing lots of education. So hopefully... <laughs> 
by the time you get there, you know, there'll be GPs will know about it because at the moment we're still in this case where it's all very new. A lot of this is very new. We're sort of some of that. Some GPs have done their advanced training like me, but most of us haven't. You know, we've got a lot of different things. There's a whole COVID stuff to manage. There's a lot going on at the moment. And so poor women, as usual, um, just get left out of the conversation. But by women educating themselves and going to their doctors and saying, I've read about this online. I want this new HRT. I want you to become educated about it. Here's some resources. You know, you being not being scared to go to their doctors and saying, actually, I'm, I'm not going to get fobbed off. I know my blood tests are normal, but I feel perimenopausal. I'd like some treatment. It's by educating women, women will end up, doctors will have to educate themselves. Yeah. That's the way. Oh, amazing thank, thank you, you so, so much. much I've learned so much yeah me yeah, too absolutely. definitely yeah. because this isn't a conversation that as I said you know a lot of our listeners are kind of in their sort of early and mid 30s but now this has opened up kind of like another conversation for them to have and then you know like with people like yourselves kind of like educating the GPs then like you said by the time my sister gets there now and there's more information and there's more help for her. I just feel sorry for, you know, the women that have gone before us, really, and, you know, what they've had to go through. But I think... Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And because there's so few menopause services. So since I set up my little menopause service in Sussex, I'm seeing women who are, you know, in their late 50s and early 60s who've been suffering for a decade and haven't had the treatment that they need. And they're getting it now. But it's, you know, they've had 10 years of just feeling awful. And it affects your whole life. If you can't sleep or you're feeling anxious all the time or your your vagina and vulva is so dry that you can't wear trousers, which is a lot of you can't sit down or you can't have sex, you know, then which women are just suffering without talking about because it's all a bit embarrassing and it's a bit taboo and no one wants to talk about menopause. And I think the great thing about talking about it is that, you know, we just know more and more about it. So if anyone is interested in my, my pages, I'm, I'm not on Instagram yet. I will be one day, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I've sorted it out and everything else I've got to do, but I, my, yeah. all the things you have to do. No, I yeah. do. But my website's yeah. womenshealthsussex.com and there's a few fact sheets there about HRT and about contraception and about things like that. So, and if I'm happy for people to email me, if they've got any more questions, they just want to email me from the site um, because there's a lot of, a lot of stuff we can do. A lot of women are suffering with their hormones. And even if there's not, they're not perimenopausal, there's still quite a lot we can do to help. Yeah, I have to say your website is excellent and there's a lot of useful information in there. So people should definitely check it out. So do you want to say what it is again? It's Women's Health? Yes, yeah, so it's Women's Health Sussex because that's where I live, um, .com. But I set it up to be a Sussex-based service. But of course, because of Zoom, I'm just seeing people from everywhere now. So right, I might have okay. to change the name, <laughs> but that's what it is. And the other problem is... <laughs> yeah. it's because it says because Sussex has got sex in it, it means that the, the sometimes if you send anything to Hotmail, they kind of think it's spam. Oh. So, um, but um, but, so. <laughs> but you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> that. that. But, um, but that's what it's called for now, anyway. So. Okay, that's great. Well, thank Amazing. you so much. Thank you. Yes, we've learned so much. Yeah, we really appreciate um, you giving your time yes. um, to us to chat with us and stuff. So thank you. Yeah. No promise. Good Lovely to meet you. Too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. I know, right? So what did you think about all of that? I feel like... Again, like that period episode, I was taken back to school. Yes. Like in a good way though. Yeah. In a really yeah. informative um, and interesting way. Um, and it's, again, like I mentioned, being 30-ish, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, early 30s, you know, like you don't really think about it, but with the timeline of life, it's going to be something that I will experience, yes. you're soon to experience. So it's like we've said, so good to have that conversation and just learn and understand and yeah, just know about our bodies and know that like we know ourselves best that if we're not feeling okay, like it is, it, it's fine to like advocate for ourselves and to mm. tell our doctor 
or whatever healthcare professional we're speaking with like no this is what I'm feeling or this is what I found Mm. can you help me or is there someone out there who can help me because there's there's always an answer absolutely because you know yourselves best and you know I don't know if anyone's ever experienced kind of going to the doctors and saying well I don't feel right and the doctor just kind of saying well you know blah 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 and almost trying to fob you off but you know I think forewarned is forearmed so I think it's good that we're having these conversations so we can kind of look at where we are and when we go to the doctors and we say we're not feeling right say it with conviction and push to get an answer push to get some remedy because you know this like we discussed there's no actual test for this so really you kind of have to familiarize yourself with your body and what's right and what's not quite right as we've said many times with the period chat and you know other else things that we've discussed so you can then say well look this is what's happening and speak with conviction on it so yeah I mean I learned so much and yeah I hope you did too I mean you may not be at this stage of your life yet but at some point stage it will be here but hopefully um our discussion with Dr Hum has shown you that there's nothing to be scared of or nothing to be ashamed of it's something that's natural and it may cause some disruption in your life but as I said forewarned is forearmed and there's lots of information out there that Dr Hum has kindly um referred to us So, you know, you can then, when you get to that stage, you know, be ready for it and, you know, just try different things that will hopefully suit you and give you some relief. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. Um, Yes. We've put all links and stuff that may be of interest in the show notes. Yes. And of course... If you like this episode, you know what to do. Yes. Rate, review and give it a share. Yes. And obviously this may not be where you are right now, but you may have older friends. And you or may not even be a woman. Or, well, yeah, exactly. Your partner. But you know women, right? Exactly. So, Yeah do the thing you know the handles by now and if you don't what are they that question's for you what are they relatively fit pod on instagram correct yay Woo! i'm refusing to be the person to say it yeah you just want me to remember it all the time and say it well you should it's your brand okay yes it's my brand well thanks for listening everyone and as we said we hope you enjoy take care now bye bye